Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's episode 10 time. It's episode 10 time. Let's do this. It's Nick the American. I'm Nick. Of course I'm Nick. And let's let's get through another podcast. Let's just try to get through it if we can. So, this past week, I have got to begin fulfilling a, a lifelong dream of mine to coach high school football. Spring camp started this week at Hazen High School and in camps all across the state of Washington got underway, I'm sure, all across the country, in fact. And I'm a rookie, right? I'm a rookie. So I'm jumping in as a, a high school varsity coach. I'm coaching the offensive line, the defensive line a little bit, uh, a little bit of linebackers. I've got to fit in, right? I want to come in and I want to get after your ass and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, we have a head coach who's been a head coach at multiple places, right? He's been a coordinator at multiple places. The guy knows X's and O's, Coach Bennett. He knows his shit, right? We've got a a defensive slash offensive coordinator named Coach Hartline. He knows his shit, too. They've got the X's and O's down. Hartline's been a head coach. He's been a coordinator. He's been coaching for decades, right? So here I am. Nick, the American, who thinks he knows something about football, right? And I've got to learn to mesh. I've got to learn to fit in. No different than if I was getting a new job and I was walking in and there's all sorts of office politics, right? Jockeying for position. There's people ahead of you. There's people behind you. There's people with your same position, people getting paid more than you. You have to figure it out. You've got to kind of fit in, right? You can't be that social moron that thinks he knows it all because that gets you know sniffed out right away. So I'm adjusting. We had uh, three practices this week. It was awesome. As I'm learning, right, and there is a lot to learn. What I, I, I don't need to learn so much about is connecting with kids. Now, maybe that's an ongoing learning process. You never stop learning on that front. But I love connecting with these kids. I think I know almost all of their names already, right? My brain works like that. So connecting with these kids is how I can make an impact. I I think of each kid like a toothpaste tube, okay? And watching Hazen football the last several years, I feel like there's so many kids, we're only getting 65% of the toothpaste out of the tube. My job, when I connect with kids and I challenge kids, I want to get 94% of that toothpaste out of the toothpaste tube. And in so doing, I think we can be a better football team. I'll let the coaches handle the X's and O's. But like I said before, I'm a chief get-after-your-ass officer. And if I can connect with the kids the right kind of way, I know I can get more out of the toothpaste tube. I can get them to reach their potential. So super exciting. We've got a a couple weeks more. We've got a jamboree at the end of spring practice, and uh, I'm having an absolute blast. I'm learning a ton. And, you know, I think the kids need me. I need a coach like me, but I need the kids. As simple as that. Nick the American, he needs the kids, right? So, all right. Here I go, talking boxing. 
don't play that damn ding 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 scott come on come up with something new give me some michael buffer baby give me some michael buffer uh, let's get ready to the biggest fight in the sport this week the biggest possible fight you could ever sign in the sport of boxing was signed this week and i know you casual sports fans don't know who the hell i'm talking about okay but i'm going to bring this up because this is a fight you cannot miss if you call yourself a sports fan okay july 29th undefeated from dallas texas errol spence versus the undefeated from omaha nebraska terrence bud crawford okay now ideally this fight should have happened a year or two ago for sure but and and I say that because we think back to Pacquiao Mayweather, and that ha that fucking fight happened five years too late. Okay, neither was in their prime. Pacquiao, especially with the kind of pressure fighter that he was, Floyd waited him out. Okay, that's a conversation for another day. Terence Crawford and Errol Spence are essentially in their primes. This is for all the marbles at 147 pounds, right? A glamour division. When I say glamour division, we're talking Ray Leonard. We're talking Oscar De La Hoya. We're talking Wilfredo Benitez. We're talking Tommy the Hitman Hearns. We're talking Felix Trinidad. This is, and we're talking Floyd Mayweather. This is, and we're talking Sugar Ray Robinson, damn it. This is a golden division in the sport of boxing. We have an undisputed championship fight with two undefeated fighters on July 29th. Put it on your calendar, okay? Put it on your damn calendar. Start inviting people over. I know summer can be difficult. Start inviting people over. Have a great party, right? Boxing is great for that, especially big pay-per-view events. And this fight will not disappoint. What I like about the fight, really quick. When you hit Errol Spence in the face, and neither, neither guy is a defensive guru like a Floyd Mayweather, right? When you hit Errol Spence in the face, do you know what he does? Do you know what he does? He hits you back immediately. Okay? Well, it's boxing, Nick. What the fuck? Do you know what happens when you hit Terrence Crawford in the face? He does the exact same thing. He's going to hit you back, and he's going to hit you back immediately. These are two special fighters, top five pound for pound in the entire sport. And if you could make one fight in the sport of boxing the last couple of years, it has been Errol Spence versus Terrence Crawford. We have it July 29th, okay? A special fight. Super fights like this do not come along. This makes Gervonta Davis and Ryan, and Ryan Garcia, no offense. Hey, Gervonta's great, right? Ryan's kind of a part-time fighter. This fight is 10 times better than that fight, okay? July 29th, do not miss it. All right. Need a little drink of water here. You know, I got to thinking this whole Republican-Democrat divide and, and how Nick the American and all of its listeners are helping, you know, breach that gap, right? Stop disliking one another, right? We've got a essentially a third of the country's Democrats, right? Essentially a third of the country is Republicans or independents, right? The, in, in, you know, a third and a third. 
in a presidential election, 30% of the population doesn't vote. And it's actually, you know, it's actually a little bit more than that. In a non-presidential election, 40% or more of the population does not vote. So it just gets me thinking. We have Republicans and Democrats who don't like each other. Dems are ruining the country. Republicans are ruining the country. What do what do we say or what do we call the other one-third? The, the people who are participants in our economy, who don't give a fuck. They might be homeless. They might be productive members of the economy. They might show up at a protest and cause problems. But they don't vote. No political affiliation. They're like nihilists. They don't stand for anything. Or they're pacifists. They just stay on the sideline. What do we call those people? They kind of get off scot-free. Maybe Republicans and Democrats, we could team up. We could team up. And we could start hating on the the nihilist one-third of the country who doesn't believe in anything. Who doesn't step up and put their voice out there. What do we call the one-third of the country or more who just doesn't give a fuck? Republicans blame it on Democrats. Democrats blame it on Republicans. And the other third, they get off scot-free. It's interesting. Think about that. We have Republicans, Democrats, some independents. And then we have a third of the country that does what? I've always said we should have a voting holiday, a national voting holiday. If we can have a holiday for Chris Columbus, right? We, How about on November 2nd, every two years, or every four years, maybe we only do it in a presidential, if you vote and you show your employer that you voted, then we have a day off a national day off on November 2nd to celebrate our fucking democracy, right? Why not? Why not? Would Democrats and Republicans be open to that? Because I, I, I don't, you know, you don't know what that other third could do, right? Do they vote Republican? Do they vote Democrat? If 20% of them vote one way and, and, and 13% vote the other way, let's say uh, 20% vote Republican. Democrats are screwed. Vice versa, 20% of them vote Democrat. Republicans are totally fucked. Would both parties be open to a national voting holiday? Let's make everybody put something on, on record, right? Let's celebrate democracy. Let's give everybody a day off, a national voting day off. Let's really see where the country lies, right? Let's see. Would both parties be for a national voting holiday where we, instead of getting 62%, 69%, whatever, whatever we get in a presidential, it varies depending upon excitement. How many people could we get to vote in this country? Could we get 90%? Could we get, what if we had 94% voter turnout? What would Republicans say to that? What would Democrats say to that? I know what this Democrat would say. I don't give a fuck who those one-third people vote for. I'm for a national voting holiday. 
if that means my party gets his ass kicked, that's what it means. And it should be vice versa. I think there's people in both parties that would be very, very nervous about the prospect of a national voting day, right? Where we legitimately could see 90 plus percent of our eligible voting population come out and vote. That'd be something. That'd be something. Why not? Can we do a national voting holiday? Republicans, Democrats, are you with me? Or are you scared? I'm for it. I'm for it. All right. You know, as a a super sports fan growing up in the state of Washington, when I was a young boy, I fell in love with the whole college football scene, right? I loved college football. And one of the iconic programs I want to talk about today is the Ohio State Buckeyes, right? I grew up watching Buckeye football, right? I grew up watching John Cooper roam the sidelines. And to be honest with you, Buckeye fans, under John Cooper, I never thought you guys were worth a shit, right? I never, I, you know, I thought Ohio State was kind of like a paper tiger. In some respects. Now, I didn't. I, I read about Woody Hayes. Woody Hayes is before my time. Schimbeckler in on the Michigan side. You know, I know they had their battles. Schimbeckler was 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 during my time. I caught the tail end of, of Bo. I didn't get Woody. I got John Cooper. Ohio State was such a different kind of program when I was growing up. It was still like a blue blood, right? But now it's arguably it's one of the top three programs in in the country. We're talking Alabama, we're talking Georgia. I'm sorry, Clemson. I'm not going to throw you into that mix. I, Ohio State's number three. Ohio State's number three. Okay. And so as I'm growing up watching Ohio State Buckeye football and John Cooper, they never had playmakers at the quarterback position. They didn't have playmakers like they do now under Cooper at all, right? But I remember like Bobby Hoying and Kirk Herbstreet and I think Joey Germain was in there. Cre uh, no, Krenzel was with uh, uh, someone I'm about to talk about. But their athletes at the skill positions in particular, sure they had a Joey Galloway or a Terry Glenn, but and, and Joey Galloway was ridiculously talented, by the way, drafted by my hometown Seahawks, my hated Seahawks. I think he ran like a 4-2-40. Super talented dude. Uh, and, and, and a good college football analyst who, like, Joey really tells it like it is. And here I go digressing a little bit. But uh, so growing up, I was never overly impressed with Ohio State football until – a man by the name of Jim Tressel came calling to Columbus. I, I it was Terrell Pryor. No, excuse me, Craig. So he had <clears throat> Craig Krenzel, Troy Smith, and then Terrell Pryor. When Tressel came on board, he changed Ohio State football slowly but surely. I give him a shit ton of credit. 
I sat there and I watched Jim Trestle from afar, and I'm like, God, I admire this dude. This dude knows what he's doing. This guy's getting better from a personnel standpoint across the board, and it was starting with the quarterback position. I think what he won a, a national title with Krenzel. Did he win two? Maybe one with Troy Smith too. And then the Terrell Pryor quarterback era. Terrell Pryor was a dude. He's the guy that if you lined up everybody in flag football, you're you're fucking taking Terrell Pryor first. This guy was big, could throw the football, super strong, just an incredible athlete, okay? That kind of quarterback and that kind of athlete, it started, it didn't start with John Cooper. It started with Jim Tressel. Jim Tressel set up Urban Meyer for success. And I think Luke Fickle was in there for a year when they were on probation. But what happened to Jim Tressel, right? Well, we're in a day and age now with the NIL deals, right? And the wild west of college football. Jim Tressel and the Ohio State Buckeyes got fucked, right? Troll Pryor was like signing autographs and being paid for it. They have to get rid of Jim Tressel, who was building, building, creating this legendary program that we see today. Jim Tressel was busy building. And he had to resign because Terrell Pryor was making money off his name, image, and likeness. Okay? My goodness. Ohio State football got put you know, you know, they had a bull ban. Was it a two-year bull ban, a one-year bull ban? I, I can't remember. But uh, Jim Tressel got absolutely screwed. This guy who oozes class, and you hear me talk about oozing class. I like classy people. Jim Tressel's one of those dudes. I think he went to – God, did he go to Youngstown State? I should have looked this up. Um, he's like the AD or you know something like that. He's an Ohio guy. But I always thought – you know, as Texas, the Longhorns are falling through coach after coach, you know, top recruiting class after top recruiting class, and they still can't fucking win. Hook them horns. <laughs> Not really. They can't win. I As they're shuffling through these different coaches, Charlie Strong and now it's Sarkeesian and, and whoever else they go through. I always thought the guy that they needed to go after was Ohio native Jim Tressel. That's the dude. That's the dude. Nobody ever did. I wasn't even sure if he was eligible to coach, but I want to let all these Buckeye fans know that Nick the American seizure, right? I watched all of these wide receivers that you guys are churning out. You just had Olave and Garrett Wilson drafted. Um, we just had uh, the Seahawks just drafted um, Smith in, in Jigba. In Jigba. Next year, there's going to be Marvin Harrison Jr., who's considered, you know, maybe the top player in the damn draft, right? They won't draft a receiver one, but, you know, maybe the top player. And then from Tacoma, Washington, Stillicum High School, they've got Egbuka, Egbeka, Egbuka, Egbuka, Egbeka, Egbuka. Damn it. You know, it's a tough one. It doesn't really roll off the tongue. But if you look at Ibuka's numbers, his numbers are almost identical to Harrison's. They are both first-round picks. This kind of talent, and I, 
Urban Meyer came in, right? Urban Meyer comes in after Luke Fickle. For an Urban Meyer to take over the Ohio State program and just go get it, I don't think it happens without somebody named Jim Tressel. Okay. By the way, the damn Buckeyes, not only did they get a Buka from Tacoma, they got JT Tubalau from Eastside Catholic, too. I think in one recruiting class, the top two players in the state of Washington did not go to my Washington Huskies. They went all the way over to Columbus. All the way over to Columbus. So, is that Blackwell Hotel still there, Ohio State Buckeye fans? I bet it is. I stayed there a couple times like a decade ago. Gorgeous hotel right next to the stadium. And that stadium is impressive. Holy shit. Who wouldn't go on a recruiting trip to Ohio State and want to play in that damn stadium? Oh, goodness. Well, here it is. Kid from Seattle, Washington. I don't love the Ohio State Buckeyes, but over the last 20 years, I've learned to really respect and admire them. And now we have Ryan Day. Now we have Ryan Day, right? Ryan Day's success was built on Urban Meyer's success. And Urban Meyer's success was built on Jim Tressel, right? Jim Tressel, to me, is that hero of Ohio. He should be honored. There should be a damn statue. Maybe there already is, right? But so let's look at Ryan Day here really quick. I know he's under fire. He, you know, oh, man, he can't lose to Michigan. He just wipes the floor with Michigan. And then the last two years, what happens? Boy, it can turn quickly, right? They get their ass mopped up by Michigan. People are nervous, right, in Buckeye land. However, the class of Ohio, Ohio State is that team that will play down to you, I think, a little bit. But when rubber meets the road and you stick them up against a Georgia Bulldog football team, they are every bit as talented. In some areas, more talented. In some areas, just a little bit less. But I said Georgia's number two or Georgia's the top football program in the nation. Ohio State loses by one point and really kind of squanders the opportunity. Had And obviously, we saw how the final went, how Georgia did in the final. Right against TCU. That was like a, a, a pro team playing a college team. Everybody wants to know what would happen if a if a really good uh college team played a shitty pro team. We saw it in uh, the national championship game, Georgia versus TCU. But the game prior, Ohio State was every bit as good as Georgia, every bit as talented as the Georgia Bulldogs, right? So Buckeye fans, calm down a little bit. You might be a little concerned about Ryan Day, but didn't he buy himself a little bit of credibility with the way they played the Georgia Bulldogs, right? You got the dudes. You got the dudes. And I guess my whole point with Ohio State football, talking Ohio State football today, is honoring a dude like Jim Tressel. Talk about a guy I'd like to shake hands with. Jimmy Tressel, baby, you got fucked. Ohio State got screwed. You must be laughing your ass off now with this NIL stuff. Go. I had to stop coaching my beloved Buckeyes for, for, for some autographs that Terrell Pryor signed. 
Are you shitting me? He wouldn't do that. He's too damn classy. Like I always say, stand up. Stand up, Jim Trestle. You're a stud. You're a stud. All right. Now I've got right there. I've got the conservative Ohio State Buckeye football fans on my side. You know, they're going, you know, this liberal Democrat from Seattle at Nick the American, he's not, he's not a bad dude. Uh-oh. Now I'm about to talk about the AR-15. The sexy and scary AR-15. Now, I don't want to ban guns. I'm a liberal Democrat. Let me say it again. I don't want to ban guns. And I don't think the majority of my party does. There's a gun that is worrisome, though. It should be worrisome for whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or an independent or the third of the country doesn't do shit, doesn't care. It should be worrisome if you're an NRA member, right? This is an interesting gun. This is a gun that's designed to kill people fast. It's a military assault rifle. And I wonder, what can we do to improve things in our country where the AR-15 doesn't keep showing up in school shootings and any sort of public shooting as a star of the show, right? Nobody needs to ask, you hear about a school shooting. A school shooting happens, right? 20 kids get killed. Do you even need to ask what firearm was the culprit? Besides the awful person, it's the AR-15, right? You're, that's how you get off, you know, all, all these shots. And, you know, I was on snipercountry.com learning about the M4 and the differences between the AR-15 and all these different little modifications. And I know, you know, I'm a boxing cult fan, obviously. And when I hear someone talk about boxing that doesn't know boxing, like Stephen A. Smith, you know, I, I kind of roll my eyes. So I want to stay in my lane gun advocates, you know, NRA gurus on the AR-15. Sean Hannity, don't make fun of me because I don't know everything about the AR, right? It's a cousin to the M4, and the M4 is essentially what the Navy SEALs use. But this is a weapon of war, okay? The Uvalde shooting in Texas. Oh, the cops are cowards, right? The cops, you know, they fucking screwed the pooch, right? They didn't go in. And you're right, they did. They did screw the pooch. You can make a case they're cowards, right? Why didn't they go in? Here, I mean, this is a quote from one of the officers. He has a battle rifle. If we all love cops in this country, if we all say blue lives matter, if we all can agree blue lives matter, do our police want to tangle with this weapon out on the streets? I don't know. My my oldest son's got a, a a girlfriend and 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 her dad is a police officer. I need to speak with him, right? I'd like to speak with a bunch of police officers. What what is your and I don't know the answer to this, okay? What is your opinion of the AR15? Does it does does it excite you when you get to to go up against it out on the streets or or not? What should we do? If you were a cop, what should we do about the AR-15? And I believe all cops now carry the AR-15. My grandmother told me a story. My grandmother uh, was uh, mayor of Renton, Washington. She was the first mayor ever elected in 1980. 
She was, she's, she's still to this day, the only two term female mayor in the history of Renton, Washington. And she told me a story a long time ago that I, I just didn't forget that her police chief came to her and sat her on the, de- uh, sat down and they put out different guns on her desk and said, we have to upgrade our firearms. Here is what we face out there every day. We have to upgrade from the old six shooter, right? So she told me that story. So it makes me wonder, what do cops think of the AR-15? Okay. So I said I don't want to ban guns. I don't. Okay. Is there a compromise between the left and the right that can make our kids safer, make people safer, make cops safer with the AR-15? I don't want to ban the AR-15. Okay. What do you guys think about this? When you get a driver's license, right? You go through driver's training. All of our kids, if you've got 15-year-olds or 14-year-olds, 16-year-olds, right? They're either driving or learning to drive, getting their permit, going through the driving school. Okay, they're qualified to drive a car. Are they qualified to drive a motorcycle? Or do they need another license for that? They need another license for that, right? Does anybody say, oh, my God, my freedom's be, you know being infringed upon because I got to get a motorcycle license. I got to go through motorcycle training. To me, the AR-15 is a pros, pros gun, okay? If you want to own it, I'm okay with that. I just believe you should have to jump through a few hoops. Get a secondary license for the AR-15, right? There should be some scrutiny. We do not. Right, left, independent, wig, it doesn't matter. We don't want everybody owning a damn AR-15. Do we really? Now, at the same token, I don't want to stop gun enthusiasts from, from owning a gun that excites them. That really excites them. And when I say excites them, I've got friends who tell me, right, they go to a gun show. Their dick gets hard with certain guns. It's their porn, right? I don't want to take anybody's porn away from them, right? But how about the AR-15 be classified as a expert-level gun, right? You want to go – I heard it's great for shooting wild hogs, Right? If you want to own this gun, right, go through a strenuous background check. Go through some sort of certification, right? And you don't get to walk into Walmart or, uh, you know, you know wherever and pick it out and, and walk out with it the same day. You don't get to do that, right? It's a pros, pros gun. NRA. Hey, Ted Cruz. It doesn't matter, right? Whoever, you know. Whoever's trying to scare you on the right, the left wants to ban guns, ban guns, ban. I don't want to ban guns. I want to protect people, right? I also want gun enthusiasts who love the Second Amendment, who love it. They act like it was written yesterday, right? I also want to give them an avenue to what excites them, right? I'm not interested in banning the AR-15. I think it's a pros, pros weapon. It is a weapon of war to Uvalde police. He has a battle rifle. They didn't go in because they were scared shitless of the weapon 
that they were about to encounter. I'm going to have conversations with cops for sure about the AR-15. Maybe I should have done it before I had this, but I will update that. I'm not for banning it. Nick the American, right? I I wouldn't call myself pro AR-15, but if you want to own it, there's an avenue. Same token, I do not want to hear that I want to ban guns. I don't want to ban guns at all. Not at all. I don't want crazy fucks with the AR-15 because that's the the AR-15 in a school shooting or a public shooting. The difference is three people die with no AR-15 and 21 people die with the AR-15. That's the damn difference. You don't have to ask yourself what weapons starred in this school shooting when you hear the, 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 the dead count, the dead toll. You don't. We make people get an extra license for a motorcycle. How about a weapon very similar to what our Navy SEALs use? I know they use the M4, Sean Hannity. Don't rip me up. Don't rip me up because I don't, don't know everything about guns. The AR-15 is something very similar to what the SEALs use. If you're a civilian and you want to own this gun, why can't we put in place a program that gets that done? And at the same time, the steps in place to get that gun enthusiast, that pros, pros gun owner who really wants to shoot different kinds of guns. At the same time, maybe we can weed out the people who that gun does not belong to. That gun should never be in the hands of certain people, right? And I know how many AR-15s are already out there, right? In the hands of bad people. I don't know. I don't know. We should make it, if you're going to own this weapon of war, you've got to be a professional. You've got to get certified. Some sort of AR training, background check, I don't want to ban it, damn it. I know that that's the political bullshit in, in the environment that we're in, right? You call for background checks and, oh, he wants to ban guns. I love the Second Amendment. I like the Second Amendment too, right? In case the government ever decides the British come over across the pond and want to take back their country, our homeowners, well, they were our military, weren't they? They're not anymore. I don't want to stop you from owning your AR-15 so you can protect your family from the government or whatever you need it for. I just want you to go through some hoops. Is that crazy? Is that going to ruin America? All right. Enough about the AR-15. My goodness. I had a, I had a buddy text me. I, you know, I have all these different people texting me about what I should talk about on the show and This just happened, so we're going to discuss it. Poor Joe Biden fell again. Come on, man. He fell again, right? Damn it, Joe. And, and, hey, three varsity football practices? You're talking to a fucking football coach, right? I mean, come on. Hey, Joe, keep your feet. Keep your feet, Joe. Come on. Got to coach him up. Shit, Joe. Can't keep his feet. So, It is unbelievable in today's politics, right? Social media, the internet, the 
24-hour news cycle. We know things immediately. We share them. It's spread all over the country like, like a swarm of bees, right? Biden stumbles and everybody knows about it, right? Biden trips his words up. And that goes for past presidents like W. Bush. You know, you know, you know, people wrote books on him on how dumb he was, right? All of his mishaps with, you know, um, the American, you know, the English language. Okay. Every move Joe Biden, you would think Joe Biden, literally, instead of being 80 with a bunch of experience, right? And wow, he's 80 and he's president, right? Full of energy, right? Nope. We see every little mishap with regards to his health. Hell, Nikki, Ta- Nikki Haley told him, hey, you're going to be dead in five years, right? He's 80. By the way, Trump's fucking 76 and morbidly obese, okay? Morbidly obese, sitting there eating fried chicken with a fucking fork. I'm not trying to get political here, and, and, and I am, right? But he, here's, here's my point. Franklin Delano Roosevelt in the 30s and 40s was our president, okay? He had polio. He was in a wheelchair. His staff, his family... And the news media, they did their absolute best to keep it from the American people. And they did. Nobody knew. FDR was in a damn wheelchair, right? Got us out of World War II. He sat in a wheelchair. Nobody knew. The media protected him. Fast forward. Ronald Reagan, president from 1980 to 1988, right? A lot of rumblings. And you can't confirm or deny this. Did Reagan have Alzheimer's the last couple years of his presidency, right? Did he? No one can confirm or deny it. Hell, in fact, Ronald Reagan's stepson, Michael Reagan, said, nope, dad was fine. Ronald Reagan's biological son, Ronald Reagan Jr., said, shit. Dad was showing signs three years into his presidency, right? To some extent, the American media, staff, family, they protected Ronald Reagan, right? Just like FDR. Although we're becoming more and more and more polarized, right? I said, I've said this a a few times. Think about the world in 50-year increments, right? Less than 100 years ago, we had a president with polio, right? And nobody knew. Fast forward to the 80s, right? We had a president very, very likely that he had uh, early stages of Alzheimer's. Ronnie used to fall asleep in public. But nobody talks about that. It wasn't, it, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have social media, right? Our kids weren't walking around going, did you see what Joe Biden did today? He fell on Air Force One, dude. Oh my God, he's such a fucking idiot, right? We didn't have that, right? We have fond memories of Reagan, right? The classy, right? Governor from California. And then you fast forward to 2023, and if, if Joe Biden picks his nose, we all know about it and everybody's ready to rag on it. FDR, Ronald Reagan, Joe Biden. Now, I hope, hey, does Joe have Alzheimer's? Would it shock anybody? I don't know, right? I don't know. 
I, I've said this again and again. I, I believe he's too old, right? I wish he would step down, or we have a serious primary challenger in the in the Democratic Party, right? But I also want to defend him for a second because when Nikki Haley says, "Well, he'll be dead in five years," right? Like Trump's four fucking years younger. My God, you're going to sit at Thanksgiving and argue your 80 year old grandpa, your 76 year old grandpa, your 80 year old grandpa's in really great physical shape and his mind's going. Your 76 year old grandpa's sitting over on the other couch eating a fucking piece of KFC with a fork, right? And he's technically morbidly obese. And your wife turns to you and she says, yeah, your dad, your 80-year-old dad, he's going to be dead in five years. He'd be like, honey, look at your dad. Are you shitting me? Right? But we let politics get involved. One guy's too old. One guy's not. How about they're both too fucking old. They're both not right for the country. Okay? But... I think it's interesting to pull, point out how as Republicans and Democrats and independents and then this third of the country, whatever they believe in, the nihilists, right? The nihilists. Thank you, Big Lebowski. How we have evolved on how we treat American presidents, right? FDR, Reagan, Biden, right? It's interesting. It's interesting. Think about it. So, all right. It's too bad. Hey, Joe, may, may, maybe all Joe needs is to be coached up by Nick the American. All I need to do, hey, you got to get your head on the right side, right? Hey, he's playing an outside shade. He's playing a two technique. Let's go, Joe. Joe, keep your feet, baby. Keep your feet. Okay? Hey, that is the 10th episode of Nick the American. Go take a liberal out to lunch, conservatives. Hey, conservatives, go do business with a liberal, right? Have a great weekend. I love you all. And that is Nick the American. Talk to you later, guys. Goodbye.